Good morning, happy Sunday everyone. This is Amy and welcome back to the LBC podcast. Today is one of my favourite events in the Christian calendar. It's Pentecost Sunday. Today is a day where we celebrate the presence of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. This story that we read in Acts 2 is one that just makes me so excited to be part of the local and the global church. I hope it does the same for you. So without any further ado, here's our message for Pentecost Sunday. You know what that sound means by now. It is time for our Bible reading. Our reading today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. That is the New Testament, the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. I'll be reading from the NIV. As Jim reminded us last week, the ascension of Jesus is both an end and a beginning. Up until now, Jesus had been God in the flesh, God with us, teaching the word, revealing the heart of the Father, healing the sick, releasing the captives and doing all kinds of miracles. His disciples have spent the last three years along for the ride, getting to witness and learn and kind of apprentice in all this amazing work. The ascension of Jesus is like the passing of the baton. He is now handing this mission to his disciples. At this point, the poor disciples are probably still recovering from the miraculous events of Easter. They're overjoyed to have Jesus back and now they're wondering what's to come with him having ascended to heaven again. As we explored Easter, the events of Jesus' death and resurrection were timed around the events of Passover. That meant people would have this image in their mind from Exodus. The blood of the lamb painted on the door frames of the Hebrews, so that each one who believed would be spared from the angel of death that would sweep through Egypt. This was timed so that as Jesus went to the cross to shed his blood, to save us from eternal death, they would have some picture and some idea of what was happening. So much of what happened in the Old Testament foreshadowed what was to come, and Pentecost is no exception. Pentecost was already a designated festival in the Jewish calendar, which was celebrated 50 days after Passover. If you know your maths, you know that pent usually means five. Pentecost, 50 days. Pentecost was known by several names, but often was known as the festival of harvest or first fruits. It was a time to celebrate what had been gathered from the first harvest of the year. It was also often the time to commemorate God giving the Ten Commandments to Israel as they learned to live as God intended in this whole new life of freedom. That's an important image for us to keep in mind as we explore what happens here in Acts 2. Everyone is gathered to celebrate Pentecost when these supernatural wonders occur. 
Now this is one of the strangest passages in the New Testament and reading it without context can mean it is just utterly weird. But there is significance in each part of the story. So let's take a look at each one in turn. As they were gathered in the room, first there came the sound of a mighty wind. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma. And pneuma means to breathe or to blow or denotes the wind. There's a thematic connection between breath or wind and spirit. In John 20, Jesus says to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now here in Acts, we're told that this sound from heaven like a mighty wind filled the entire place where they were sitting. God is announcing the arrival of the presence of the Holy Spirit among them, just like Jesus did with the powerful sound of wind, almost as if God himself was breathing through the room. The Holy Spirit is like wind because he can be felt or experienced or heard, but he cannot be seen. This wind is what they hear, and it's the first indication that the Spirit is present. Next, they see. They see what looks like divided tongues of fire. Now again, out of context, it sounds incredibly weird, but fire is a really powerful and important image in Scripture. Fire in the Old Testament often indicated the power and presence of God, burning with holiness, and refining or consuming everything that was impure. Think of the burning bush where God appeared to Moses. He let Moses know that this was holy ground. Think of the pillar of fire that guided the Israelites through the desert at night. Think of the fire that proved God's presence to the crowds at Mount Carmel. And think of that fire where there was a fourth person present in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, a fire that did not consume them because they were faithful. Fire represents the presence and the holiness of God. Now in each of these stories, there is one fire present before the people. But here in Acts, we see multiple divided tongues of fire resting on or with each individual person showing that God is present with each and every believer and possibly indicating their sanctification or their holiness. Not only had they heard the Spirit turn up, but they could see the power and the presence and the holiness of God. After they had heard and they had seen, they finally experienced and they spoke. People from across the known world were gathered in Jerusalem with a multitude of languages being spoken and represented there. Suddenly, the believers began to speak in each of these languages so that as they were speaking about God, they could be fully understood by everyone who was listening. Now, why is this significant? Do you remember what happened in Genesis 11? Let me remind you. Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel. 
Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the languages of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. The unity of their language was once used for man's ambition to dethrone God. God mixed and confused their languages to disempower this rebellious plan. But what do we see here at Pentecost? God giving the believers the power to speak the language of every nation on earth so that the gospel could be proclaimed and understood by everyone across the earth. He had redeemed what was once broken. They've heard the wind, they've seen the fire, they've spoken the languages of the earth. This is a moment of power and redemption on so many levels. In the midst of this climactic experience for the many and for the group, one person in particular comes to the fore. Peter. Peter, now empowered by this whole experience, goes out and preaches the sermon of his life. Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16? He said, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But Peter had really failed. He had denied Jesus following his arrest, and it looked like his calling to build the church could be compromised. But Peter and his story are redeemed. Because that day, having once been so afraid that he denied the very knowledge of Jesus, he now steps forward and, empowered by the Spirit, declares the gospel, recalling the words of the prophet Joel and declaring the beginning of this new age. He tells them that the resurrection of Jesus and the release of the Holy Spirit testifies that God is no longer just the God of Israel, but that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The gates to eternity are wide open and men and women alike will be empowered and gifted by the Spirit to usher in the kingdom of God. As he preached his heart out, 3,000 people were saved. They were the first harvest of salvation in the wake of the resurrection. This first harvest was the birth of the church. What a powerful induction into the new life of freedom for these believers. Wouldn't it be great for us if we had that kind of experience? Imagine being able to hear the Holy Spirit, to see the presence and the power of God, and to speak the gospel in a way that transforms lives. 
Wouldn't that give you all the confidence that Peter had to go out and speak to others about Jesus? The good news is, we do. We have everything those first believers had. The Holy Spirit speaks to and guides each one of us. In John 14, Jesus says, All this I've spoken while I'm still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that God no longer dwells within the walls of a temple, but within each one of us. We are now his dwelling place. As those who've been redeemed by the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are no longer separated from him in any way. Unlike those gathered in Acts, we too are equipped and called to go and make disciples of all nations. In the closing chapter of Matthew 28, Jesus sends his disciples and us out to carry on the work he started. What happened at Pentecost is a snapshot of our life and calling as the church today. That sounds like something worth celebrating to me. As always, we like to leave you with some questions for reflection. So here are our questions for Pentecost Sunday. How can we make space and time to listen to the Holy Spirit? How can we look for God's power and presence in our lives? And how ready are we to speak to others about what we have seen and heard? That is it for me today, friends. I hope you found this helpful. If you're listening on the Sunday morning live stream, stick with us. We not only have our closing worship, but we are going to participate in Solidarity Sunday with BMS. And so we have some content lined up for you uh, to help share in that. Otherwise, if you're at home, uh, please stay home and stay safe.